You're listening to Out of the Box, a place for marketers to get inspired, get going, and break out of the box. So welcome back, everyone. You're listening to Out of the Box, the marketing podcast exploring out-of-the-box approaches to marketing and growth. Today on the show, we have Valeria Navea. Valeria is a growth marketing manager at Pinterest, which is super cool. Um, Valeria, thanks very much for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. So you've had quite an, an interesting journey in marketing um, and some some stints in kind of the, the big big corporate marketing, one might call it, um, and and then in some SaaS platforms and, and now in social, I'm, I'm going to put this in quotation marks, social media. Um, can you talk mm-hmm. a little bit about your how you kind of navigated that journey and, and what eventually led you to Pinterest? Yeah, definitely. So right out of college, I knew I was interested in marketing, but I didn't have a good sense of what exactly I wanted to focus on. So thankfully, on my first job, I got exposure to a ton of different channels. I worked primarily in acquisition, but was able to touch everything from um, digital marketing, email loyalty programs to trade shows, print newspaper circulars, (laughs) and partnership Mm -hmm. deals. So I got a taste for a little bit of everything. Um, Eventually, I started focusing more and more on partnerships. So on growing and developing the strategic partnerships and putting together mainly email and display campaigns um, and exploring new channels with our partners. Um, And then my subsequent roles were primarily focused on digital acquisition, but I got a ton of experience in other areas like sales enablement and product marketing. Um, Ultimately, what led me to the role I'm in now is uh, my appreciation for how measurable the impact of growth marketing is, digital marketing, um, and the velocity that comes with it. And when I joined Pinterest a few years ago, the growth and paid team uh, marketing team was growing and a formal team had just been formed around this. So it was really exciting time to join as the team was coming together and growing into what it is now. So it was just a great opportunity to join. And how has the team, well, we'll get we'll get to this obviously a little bit later, but how has the team evolved uh, in your time there? Yeah, I would say we have more people on the team. Uh, when I first mm-hmm. joined, there were, it was me, myself and my boss, marketers doing all of paid um, on the wow. B2B side primarily. And um, since then, we've grown into a very cross-functional team that has not only our the marketers, but analysts and engineering and data scientists. And we've really just evolved quite a bit. Very cool. Um, this is probably a good segue to, to telling us a little bit more about what you actually do uh, at Pinterest, how your role is defined, um, and, and maybe actually, because it sounds interesting, a little bit more about how the growth team is structured. Absolutely. So I'm a growth marketer at Pinterest. So I manage several different paid channels with the goal of growing Pinterest active user base, but going after high value customers. So high value customers that are brand new or re-engaging users who have stopped using the platform over time. And as a marketer, I focus on several KPIs like lifetime value, lifetime value over CAC as an RI measure, revenue, payback period, all those great KPIs that come with being a growth marketer. And our team is, um, like I mentioned, very cross-functional. We very recently brought together um, or changed the way that we work. So we have a cross-functional team that we're all working towards the same goal, a similar goal. So we have um, our engineering team, our marketers, analysts, data scientists, and creative all working together towards the same goal. And the biggest impact here is that when this encourages efficiency and velocity, 
because you have the dedicated support and cross-functional team members. So you're not up against the prioritization of other teams and projects um, when you have things to do. Mm-hmm. Was it always like that? Or, or you said you recently no. changed the way things work? Yeah, it wasn't always like that. Um, before, it was very much a prioritization, not just in our group, but in other groups as well, other marketing groups, other product teams, um, for end resources specifically and analytical resources. So it's fairly new that uh, we have dedicated cross-functional partners. And what what sort of constitutes a high-value user uh, for Pinterest? Yeah, um, it's all about engagement. Um, as you can imagine, we want our customers to come back and stay engaged with the platform, um, create new content, and also um, distribute the content by pinning or repinning. Uh, so just using Pinterest to its fullest and everything it has to offer. Mm-hmm. And let's talk a little bit about Pinterest. Um, I, I have already once now lumped it into the kind of the social bucket, um, <laughs> but it feels like it straddles a bunch of other functions as well like for example e-commerce um how do you how do you see it from your insider perspective i see it as pinterest is a lifestyle platform um like you mentioned it often gets lumped into social bucket but it's it's not the primary mission of pinterest isn't about social interactions with other people of course that's a component of it but uh the mission is to bring everyone the inspiration to create a life they love so for pinners it's about using the platform to turn an idea into a reality. Um, find inspiration for just about anything, trying a new recipe, building something from scratch. Um, users really create a space that's entirely their own and curated for their lives specifically. Um, you mentioned e-commerce and there's definitely great features being developed um, on Pinterest around shopping, especially in the home decor and fashion space. That's really where mm-hmm. um, it thrives and, People come to Pinterest to find a pin, create things that are really personal to them in their lives. So it's really critical to be as relevant as possible. So um, one of my favorite recent kind of developments on the platform for shopping has been the ability to shop from a board, uh, search or recommendations that we that we give. Um, my favorite is boards because there's a shoppable tab now where you click into it and it's shoppable products and pins that are inspired by your pins on your board or actually from something that you've pinned in the past. So um, again, just serving up inspiration now that's actionable through shopping. Mm -hmm. And how do you guys tackle growth? Um, Whether it's e-commerce or social, lifestyle might be actually a more interesting category to look at, but um, these are categories with massive uh, existing incumbents, though Pinterest is by no means a small player. Uh, how do you guys tackle differentiation in your marketing strategy? Is it um, is it kind of based on the brand? Is it targeting? Is it creative? Yeah, it's a little bit of everything. Um, we have such rich data um, from our users, just types of pins that they're pinning, what they're interested in, um, and growth. I think it's for us, it's about the targeting and the creative um, and the channels as well. Um, but we try to use what we know about our users to be as relevant as possible, as much as possible. Um, mm-hmm. And that really shines through in the creative. And our, our value is the content, like the rich content that you have on Pinterest. So we try to show that as much as possible um, and giving you as many use cases as we think are relevant and useful to you. What about sort of creatives? What creatives do you see working really well for you guys? Yeah, um, we have core categories that are 
very popular. <laughs> um, and I think it's no surprise. It's things like food and drink, home, like DIY. Um, and generally, things in those categories that work really well. And I would say um, being as having like pins that are very real to our users. Um, they show kind of real attempts or like real things that they can do. I would say Pinterest is all about making your dreams into reality. Um, and we try to make the creative show that, that your dreams are attainable. So the creative is very approachable. I would say it's called like approachable. It's very real. Um, and the messaging mm -hmm. is also very kind of positive um, and action oriented. Mm -hmm. And what are some of the interesting ways that you see users interact with the platform? We talked about pinners, um, obviously, and they're probably those that are more about um, getting inspiration than, than sharing it, I guess. Um, are you, do you see any surprises about um, who uses Pinterest and how? Um, yeah, so no surprise women about who uses Pinterest. Women still make up roughly about 60% of Pinterest users globally. <laughs> um, but mm -hmm. we are seeing a ton of growth in Gen Z and millennials and the number of men on Pinterest also jumped nearly 50% year on year. Um, wow. so tons of growth there. And with 400 million active users, we get actually a ton of stories from pinners. Pinners send in all these stories about how Pinterest have, has impacted their lives and how the platform has helped them in one way or another. Um, and I would say one way that people are using the platform, I think now more than we've seen in the past, is actually to cope with anxiety, stress, and depression. Um, pinners mm. are going through a really tough time, whether that's a life event, what's going on in the world, or like suffering from depression or anxiety. And so they go to Pinterest to help. And we see this in a few different ways. Um, I can go over a couple of them. Mm -hmm. Some of them will collect pins for how they want to feel versus what they want to make or do. For example, they might make a board, like a feel-good board with images of a calm ocean or a beautiful sunset or positive quotes. Others kind of the more, others find new hobbies or ways to cope on Pinterest to help relax and unwind. Things like bullet journaling um, is coming up a lot recently. And a specific example that um, one of the pinner stories that I read that came in that like really stuck with me is one of our pinners um, from Texas, his name's Joshua, and he suffers from depression and anxiety, and he uses Pinterest to travel. So his mental health challenges make long trips really difficult, but he uses Pinterest to escape to places around the world and really preserve his sense of adventure and wonder, uh, which I think is a pretty amazing case, use case. Very interesting. You talked about the rich data that you guys have and how that informs your marketing strategy. How are you sort of staying, like what are the mechanics basically of how you stay plugged into noticing kind of user trends um, within kind of the usage of the app itself versus looking at how users are engaging with um, marketing creative or messaging? Yeah, so um, we have a pretty we there's KPIs that we look at, but we have a pretty full funnel view that we like to look at on what is going on with the users once we acquire them and get them onto the platform, um, like how we retain them. So there's some metrics that we track just inherently that um, will give us indicators, whether it's X and X is 
user X, Y, and Z are repinning X amount of times, or they're engaging with the platform X amount of times. Um, so that's something we track. In terms of trends and insights, um, we have great, um, we have analysts on our team, and they'll do kind of deep dives into that. But more broadly, beyond just what growth is driving, we have great insights team internally that keep a pulse on changes in use cases and what are are doing more broadly on the platform and they do a really great job sharing that data with um, all the different groups of interest. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a a trend that we sort of have noticed over the last couple of years we hear a lot more about what we we call the growth loop um, or the integration cooperation between growth or user acquisition and, and revenue generation. Does that exist at Pinterest and if so what does it look like? Yeah I think we have several different types of loop at play, like growth, content, retention loops. Um, and it looks something like um, growth marketers acquire high value, new or resurrected users from the platform through various paid channels. Um, and they do so by showing, like I mentioned, the rich content and use cases on Pinterest. Uh, a percentage of these users sign up and re-engage with Pinterest. And ideally, these users become active users because of the content and the experience, but um, we'll also leverage our own marketing channels like mobile push notifs and emails to keep users engaged. And that's kind of when a retention loop comes into play. And then if a user lapses, let's say they haven't logged in for a month or haven't pinned X amount of times in a certain time frame, we'll use these own channels first and then re-engage them and move into like paid resurrection. Um, mm-hmm. Active users create content or repin existing content, which just fuels getting picked up by search engines through indexing. But um, the better our content is, the more engagers users, users will be. And these active users are exposed to pins from our advertisers um, generating revenue. So the more they're on the platform, the more content they'll encounter and more ads that they'll see. Um, and then this revenue can then fit, be fed back into programs like paid acquisition, um, fueling the loop once more to acquire even more high quality users. Mm-hmm. And what about the relationship between um, brand and performance? So you've been, you were at AT&T, for example. So you, you've been at places and are at a place uh, with very strong kind of consumer brands. How does that um, intersect with performance? It's, it's also interesting because you sort of came on as growth or performance was being born in Pinterest. Um, so kind of, I, I don't know if this is too provocative a, a way to put it, but who drives the train? Um, is it uh, is it brand who kind of set um, sort of messaging and, and this is what's allowed um, and then performance go off and sort of execute? Is it more of a hybrid kind of mutually, um, not mutually exclusive, what's the word? Sort of like mutually beneficial relationship um, or does performance drive the train? I would say it's a mutually beneficial type of relationship. Um, There's not one team that dictates like tone or messaging or what's allowed or what's not. Um, We obviously have like brand guidelines that are developed over time and we really push so these types of guidelines or our brand um, encompass all types of marketing, paid or brand. Uh, So I would say it's mutually, it's it's a joint effort. um, And I think both are very important um brand is really getting the message out there of who we are and what the benefit is i think a lot of times there's still some people that are not 
sure how to use Pinterest or exactly how much they can get out of it, like the impact that Pinterest can have in brand. It's, it's really important to get that brand message out there and have a strong message. And that makes our performance campaigns even stronger um, and helps our performance even more than it would if we were only running paid marketing. Mm -hmm. And one of the other things that's interesting about um, Pinterest and and your role is that you're growth manager for a platform that has um, a growth offering as as one of its products. You mentioned pins from, um, from your advertisers. Do you guys ever find yourselves working with the team that builds Pinterest's ad products um, or is it completely siloed? Um, we do. So I definitely help with feedback and testing since I'm in the several different new platforms regularly. I come across features that I find really useful and others that become pain points. So I'm able to share my personal experience as an advertiser with them. Um, I've also, and our team runs paid ads or ads on Pinterest itself. So we are very, very familiar with what the tools um, our advertisers use on our platform or like, and we can give a lot of feedback uh, there. And it's also really fun um, to give feedback, you know, as a growth marketer, but also put on different hats, like think through what the experience looks like for marketers and brands or other functions that have different goals than growth um, and go through various flows thinking that way. So definitely something I enjoy doing and something we partner with them um, quite a bit on. Let's move to talking about trends and caveat will exclude Corona. I mean, that's obviously one of the big trends that has kind of uh, hit the last hit the world uh, mm-hmm. in the last year. Um, but apart from Corona, what would you say has been kind of the biggest thing to happen to the growth space in the last couple of years? I think KPIs like having like the type of KPIs that are being looked at, I think more and more um, like lifetime value is being injected in to how things are measured. And I think there's been a lot of developments on how um, accurate to get these types of KPIs that we measure against. So I would say, I mean, growth has always been about like the impact that you can measure, right? You're putting X amount of dollars and you know exactly how much you spent to get X amount of users on your platform. But I think going beyond that and seeing like the down funnel or the long-term impact that these users that you're bringing in, I think over time, we're just getting more sophisticated um, in these types of measurements. Future predictions, if we sort of zoom out, look ahead, let's say a year or two, um, and here you're allowed to, to include Corona in your analysis. Uh, what do you think are some of the big trends we're going to see happen? There's a couple answers, like in growth and then in general, I think. Uh, yeah, um, I mean, you feel free, to, feel free to, to concentrate on growth, but you can definitely give me your predictions for the world <laughs> as well. <laughs> Well, I think something that's really interesting with Corona specifically is um, a big shift that we're seeing in companies uh, using their influence to move the needle for like social causes or to make a positive Mm. impact. Like some COVID examples are companies shifting their production of goods to create um, hand sanitizers or masks and gowns. Um, And then on the social side, it's just you see these things popping up like the 15% pledge, which calls on major retailers to commit a minimum of like 15% of their shelf life, uh, their shelf to black owned businesses. So I think a trend that we're seeing that's applicable to like marketing as well is people are interested in not only what companies offer, but what they stand for and like what issues they'll publicly support and how they support them. 
I think they're tuned in and informed and they want to spend their time and disposable income with companies and platforms that share their vision for change and positive impact. I think that's probably true. And the last question, which is one we ask everyone, um, what is the most out of the box marketing you have done or seen done? Oh, gosh, let's see. Uh, pretty recently, actually, I've we worked on an inclusive beauty campaign. So that oh. campaign was mainly used to announce um, updates to uh, two beauty features, which are like skin tone ranges and this augmented reality try-on. So in partnership with different beauty brands, um, augmented reality try-on allowed printers to virtually try on lipstick shades with Pinterest camera. So you hold the camera up to your face and you select a shade and you can see the different shades on your lips. Um, and then skin tone ranges really uh, allows pinners to refine beauty related searches based on a set of skin tone ranges. So applying this filter updates the search results to show only content that matches the range of the skin tone that you selected. And I think the campaign itself was really well balanced with like functional and emotional messaging. It tells a story that goes beyond like why this or what we built what I just described to why it was built in the first place. Mm-hmm. Pinterest is the home of inspiration, but it's really hard to be inspired if you don't feel represented. If you're searching for something and in the results, you're not seeing um, mm. things that are really relevant to you. So we really want everyone to really feel like they're represented on the platform. So this is just one of the things done um, to get as close to that as possible. And mm-hmm. I think the, the, the campaign really... Um, did a good job bridging the product feature and emotional value part of the campaign with the concept of like, see yourself, we invite you to see yourself on Pinterest with search mm-hmm. results that look and feel like you. So I would say at Pinterest, that's that's one that comes to mind. I have one other one that's not on Pinterest that I just recently, I just thought was really funny and promoted a really great message. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've seen it, but it was two students at um, a Miami ad school to encourage people to stay at home during COVID, they came up with the idea of creating billboards containing spoilers to movies and shows. So the concept was for Netflix. Yes, it didn't actually I, run. Yeah, it was just concepted and not run. Yeah. And I thought that Very was brilliant. Very cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, agreed. Uh, agreed. That is, uh, that's definitely a merit out of the box. Um, <laughs> well, Valeria, thank you very much for being on the show today. I'm not going to lie. I don't know if this will make you happy or sad, um, but I am a lapsed Pinterest user and I'm feeling slightly oh, no. inspired to, to re-download <laughs> the app. So <laughs> this podcast has worked as a very effective marketing campaign of one. Um, but yes, apart from uh, prompting a re-download, uh, thank you very much for coming on the show, sharing your insights and everyone else. Thank you for listening as always.